Women's Power to Heal Mother Earth. This is Maya to Worry. Fear. Let us talk about fear today. It is a natural human emotion. Sometimes, at some point in our lives, everyone experiences it. What matters is how we respond to our fears and whether or not we let them affect our life in any major way. In Vedanta, we are told that fear is something not only natural, but is necessary for us to be able to cross over things that affect our survival, our sense of being well and safe. We have fear that is real, but all fear is real, whether unreal or not. And I'll explain this paradoxical sentence. We have fear, for instance, if we look at a, come across a snake, and they're suddenly surprised by it, there is an instant impulse to jump out of fear or retract. Also, if we're walking in a dimly lit place and notice a rope or a twig or a branch on the road that looks like a snake, we could also have a similar response. One is fear that is authentic, the other is authentic fear that is perceived from the wrong object, from mistaking the object, the rope or the branch to be the snake. Okay. At the end of the day, really when we're dealing with fear, it matters not whether it's the real snake or a branch. Some may say that it does, but I'll tell you why it doesn't matter. Because what matters the most is our response and our understanding, our assessment, our own deep feelings about our emotions, especially that of fear. I have come to be, unfortunately, an expert on fear. And when I say an expert, I do not have a PhD on the study of fear. But I have spent more than 3,000 days in a certain situation, relentless situa set of circumstances that have opened up the vista of fears within me that are deeply anchored. And I shan't get into what the, what the system was that did this or how it was done. Let us just say that it was a multi-level, manifold layers of physical, emotional, and psychic attacks that I have had to deal with, and they have arisen deep fear. For the longest time, of course, it's been 3,000 plus days later, and I can assure you that it took me all of this time to get out of the distraction of response into the action of understanding. Let me explain. 
To not know what is happening and to be distracted is fine. It is a normal process. But to be in the midst, in the depth, in the mire of it all and not know what's happening, well, some may call that distraction, but I call it a deep human desire, need, necessity to understand what is happening and not dismiss it, nor embrace it, nor find a reason for it, meaning justify it. But I think the worst of the distraction is really about not understanding and blaming those who are the, uh, the instrument the nimitta karana of these actions. Indeed, distraction is about looking outward and it's about looking at who is doing what and what their reasons may be, etc., etc. It took many years for me to really truly understand that we cannot control people's karmas and their actions and their intentions and their motivations, nor are we responsible for these people and their actions and their thinking. But when you become the victim, and I say this with all the connotations that victim means, our society dismisses the reality of victimization and, and the rights of being called a victim. And that is another controversial subject which I will deal with later. But when you're being attacked by multiple forces from the outside, seen, unseen, but very real, and even if for some of us it is not real in the physical manifestation of the word, but it is there, it's still an attack, it's still an abuse, it's still a system that violates the innate human integrity, the innate human right to be a human, free to walk their journey without the impediment and the intrusions and the interruptions of things untoward. We don't have to justify fear. Fear is what it is. Fear is an emotion much like anger, much like grief, much like serenity, much like contentment. But fear disrupts our lives and it, it disrupts the natural or what we considered routine momentum of our lives. And that therein lies the havoc of it, the chaos of it, and the confusion that comes from it. So how do we walk with fear? It's not something to be dealt with, it is something to walk with. It is an emotion that we need to retract, retreat and observe. Fear is happening. It is good to know what is creating the fear, or in fact, the word creation is not appropriate here, let's say, what is prodding the fear. 
the man out there spraying the gases, the other one that is out there invading your home, whatever it may be, it is important that we understand what is happening. And after we do, the most important thing that we can do for our own self-preservation and for the responsibility we bear to the human right, and that is to put it at a distance. It is not for us to analyze it. It is not for us to bring justice to that situation, to them. It is not for us to take on their karmas or even to understand what their intent or motivation may be. Who knows? Some of it may come from a very good well, very well-intentioned place. But there again, for those of us who have been victimized by these set of actions from the external environment, it is very important once we understand where things are coming from, and that's very important too. Took me a few years, three, four years, to understand sources and the physiology of it and the mentality of it. Not that I fully understand any of the mentality of it, but I certainly recognize the carriers of it and the multinational, multitudinal, multi layers of the pathology that's coming at me. Right, I needed to because I have always had a Vedic brain, maybe not always in all times past, but certainly in this life, from a very strong-rooted ancestry in Vedic knowledge, and also my own personal journey through being on my own since 16 in New York City, coming from a village of 500 people in British Guyana, then British Guyana, that were colonized by the Brits, and of course, moving to the Greenwich, to Greenwich Village in New York City, one village to another, very different villages. I have been on my own and working towards the betterment of self. My journey through ovarian cancer forced me into the fear, fear of death, fear of disease, fear of the unknown and all sorts of fear. And the divine forces, including my ancestors and my life parents, their prayers helped me through that. But I've also always looked at myself as a very sturdy, resilient character. And I have proven that in that I'm here speaking to you 10 years after an enormous set of battering. Uh, but basically, as I said, we shan't get into those details because the point of the matter here is not about victim, perpetrator, targeting, and non-targeting. It is about the emotion of fear. I have not been surprised by the extent of my fear. I have not been confused by the extent of my non-understanding of what's going on. Life is innocent. Life at its very, very basis is innocent and free and beautiful and wondrous. 
So any toxicity, any untowardness, any sacrilegiousness, any unrighteousness that is piled up upon the innocence deserve to be seen, deserve to be assessed, analyzed, looked at. Because until we understand where things are coming from and what is happening, we do not ever know motivation, but we can see what is happening. We cannot come to an understanding to be able to embrace the self. And here is the crux of my talk today. In this roundabout podcast, I want to let you know that the crux of the matter is our own response. And then after all of the circumstance, known and unknown, after we are able to come to terms with the fact that what is happening is happening, and it's as simple as that. That's all we need to understand. When we can come to terms with that, then we also are given the space, the inner space, the internal width and bandwidth to be able to now say, okay, I can choose my response. I will not be fueled by the anger and an injustice and inequality and prejudice of it all. I will now just concentrate on being fueled by the real Shakti force in our own design as the human person and that power, that inner wisdom, no matter who we are, no matter which tradition we've come from that inner human wisdom of saying, I cannot control what is happening out there and even toward me and even with me and even within me, but I can go within and choose how I respond. Look, this clarity does not just come from ignoring it all and not knowing what is going on. The clarity comes from accepting what is going on, knowing what is going on to some extent, at least the proximity of when it becomes close to us and what we can visually see, audibly hear, and know from the instinctual field that yes, that is happening. It's been 3,000 plus days. I should now understand that that re repetition, that repetitiveness, that unrelentless set of events that have been happening is actually happening. And the forces are many, thousands and thousands of arms and legs and perhaps guided, perhaps misguided, but that's where we do not need to go. That is where the distraction become the lost zone where we are just in the darkness and just grappling through the vortex of it all. Get out of that. That's not your concern. That is not a terrain that we can ever know how to traverse or sustain or survive. So, making peace with the self to just choose your response. One that is of, okay, there, there it is. But how do I protect this inner space 
from the great fear globals of it all. Because whether or not those actions are justified, and rarely are they justified, whether or not they are coming from the universe, and never would the universe send them to you like that, and whether or not our belief system believes that they do come from the universe or they don't, or that there is no universe, and that whatever our belief system may be, understand this. We are responsible for our response. And when fear exists in the way that it does, we must take pause and look into how we can best understand it, decipher it, analyze it, assess it, whatever, however our brains are built. And I have a pretty strong amalga. My brain has been trained in the Vedic tradition for ancestries and for long passes I have no doubt and again in this life retrained in a certain way that has entrained it to look to understand to search for the truth behind all of the anger and the fear and the abuses in my next session we'll talk about those underpinnings that make it more difficult for us to release into a space of understanding. But those anchors and underpinning, whether they come from childhood traumas or from the experiences of our ancestors that have been knitted into our tissue and cell and memory, Wherever they come from, we all have them, some worse than others. They become the underpinning that hold on fiercely to the irresolve. And in my next session with you, I want to talk about the resolve of the underpinning. Now, I may also conclude here from my own experiential field and deep and deep understanding that traumas come from fear and fears are rooted in the unresolved. The unresolved could be abusive ancestral memories, it could be childhood abuse, it could be childhood neglect, it could be the unpredictable in our childhood. It could be many, many things that make us more vulnerable. But it doesn't always come from there. People with traumas and anxiety and depression and response to the invisible, but they are very visible, the visible invisible forces of evil and of darkness and of the things that trash us and betray us and abuse us, even if we are not able to see those things, know those things, but we know that they exist and they are directed at you, then we can come to uh, understanding, the understanding that tells us that we are afraid there is fear. But the point of this last this set of illumination, as I call it, 
is about the fact that we don't have to be traumatized as children to have the underpinnings of fear. Fear is by nature what it is, part implanted into our tissue, into all of manifestation, whatever our ancestors have gone through or not gone through. They could have been the most ideal ancestors. We could have had long, long, endless lineages of ideal people, an ideal upbringing, an ideal parents, and, and the best and most blissful blessings of life. But yet we could end up with anxiety and fear in given situations. So too, the underpinnings of deep trauma is not necessarily always connected to an abusive childhood, unpredictable childhood, or to all of those things. And in my next session, we'll delve into that mire of that very deep and convoluted topic as well and talk about it at length. But for now, the lesson here for me has been after all of my experience of the last 10, 11 years here in the United States and elsewhere all over the world that I've traveled to with my Peace Mandala tours and my Ayurveda work, the basic essence of what it is we're talking about now is first there must be a comprehension, a comprehensive understanding of what is our reality around us, not necessarily who, why, where, what, and what their reasons are. We cannot own that. We cannot go there. We do go there, but we cannot go there anymore. We just have to know what's coming at us, and that it has been repeating and coming in the same sequence, in the same manner, and so we know enough of the fact that that's happening. Having come to terms with that, we then have to go inward, into that pause to be able to reassess our response. That is what this is about, fear and our response and the pathway to how we can actually resolve our response to a place of observation, becoming the sakshat, the sakshi, the witness of what is happening without taking it on, without all of the crud and crumb and trail of yuck that comes with it and basically leave the yuck to those whom it belongs to and let us just keep observing and not overly observe either but understand what's going on so that there is more caution for instance driving on the road there is more caution as you step out of the door but not the kind of caution that puts us into hyperactive fear the kind of awareness caution that tells us, okay, that's fine. Not that that sets us up to expect what is going to happen, although although it's repeated itself more than, I would say, 30,000 times in 3,000 days and nights. I have had to work on this reality of not expecting it. Now, that's also something we'll talk about, hopefully in the next session for now, Peace be your journey, and thank you for listening.